Hey, friends, welcome to today's podcast. I'm so excited that you're here listening today. It's going to be a great podcast, and you're going to be glad you came. And you know, I always talk about relationships, and today I brought on a good friend of mine, Amanda. And it's interesting how I met Amanda. Um, I was asked to join a mastermind. And from a friend that used to be my boss at Zion's Bank when I was pregnant with our first child. So that was a long time ago. And she lives in the same city that I live in. And she asked me a few years ago. So lo and behold, I met Amanda there. And Amanda is her sister-in-law. And so I really resonated with Amanda because we kind of have a similar story. And we even have a more similar story now. Um, since I've been divorced. So um, I just wanted her to come on. Um, I find a lot of value in women sharing their story as well as other people hearing their story because sometimes we suffer alone and it's always nice to know like other people have marriage problems or issues and maybe you can relate to some of them, maybe you can't, but at least um, it gives you context because we're all trying to live this life and do our best. And so I think when people can share their truth, it can help us with knowing our truth. So Amanda, um, I told them how I met you, but you tell us a little bit more about you. Okay, awesome. I'm so happy to be here, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we met through a mastermind class, and I think we had an instant connection. Yeah, and Amanda is a life of the party. Like, (laughs) if you want to have a party, you invite Amanda. And so I really needed that in my life. I needed a lot of, like, happiness and joy and fun. And so that's why I just loved Amanda immediately. You're so (laughs) sweet, Jen. Thank you so much for saying that. No, but I think we really had an instant connection just because I think anywhere you go in this world, when you find somebody that's experienced your same amount of hurt and pain and betrayal, you just instantly connect with them on a different level because you've been through that pain and you really, really understand it. And um, hopefully today by sharing my story, maybe um, people will hear this pain and understand that they're not alone and probably more people experience this. Yeah, a lot of people just don't talk about it. And so I think I really, like, that is one of my passions and missions in life is we need to talk about it. And especially in a religious um, culture that we live here in Utah, as well as, you know, lots of religions, but we're kind of taught, like, don't share um, your spouse's mistakes and flaws. And But the problem is that creates so much shame. And it's like then... It's just debilitating, and it doesn't allow you to grow and even help your marriage. It really, like, almost does the opposite. For sure. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So do you have kids or? Yes, yes. I have um, five children. I actually have two from a previous marriage. And then my second marriage, I have three um, children. And, yeah, we blended really nicely together. Um, when I got into the second marriage, he didn't have any children from his first marriage. So it's not like we were bringing other children and blending. So it was super easy. It's like I just brought my two girls and um, it was really lovely. It was beautiful. So I'll kind of start from the beginning. You know, I brought two girls to the marriage. Um, I met this lovely guy that I just instantly fell in love with. Um, Things just seemed so amazing and so good, right? My family adored him. Everybody loved him. A very much similar personality as mine, you know, the life of the party, really outgoing guy, really super fun. And um, we had an instant connection and just really hit things off right away. 
But one thing I do want to talk about is there were definitely some red flags in the beginning. And I just kind of put them to the side and was just so happy, I think, to be in another relationship because after my first divorce, I kind of felt like, who is honestly going to marry me? I'm a single mom with two little girls. I have so much baggage, like nobody, I just was so beat down and my self-esteem was so low and so in the garbage that I just thought it's never going to happen for me. I'm never going to be in another relationship. So I was super, super down. But um, I ended up, uh, I started dating this guy and this is one of the red flags. I'm going to talk about it for a second yeah, just no, to kind of help people. Sure, yeah. But um, he was going to the U at the time and he was in a study group and he came to me one night and he's like, I feel so guilty. Like I totally made out with this girl in my study group and I am such like a people pleaser personality and just kind of want to make everything always okay. And so instantly when he told me about this, instead of me being like, whoa, like we're in a very committed relationship and he's off making out with other girls in these study sessions Instead of me realizing, Amanda, this is not okay. Like, you need to get out of this relationship. I I simply said to him, you know what? We're not married. If you choose to be with this other girl, you know, you can go with her. And I think because I was so um, low-key and easygoing about the situation, it actually attracted him more to me because he was like, oh, wow, she's, she's – She really likes me. Yeah, and she's – but this is her reaction yeah. to – you know, making a mistake. But yeah. don't you think maybe you were also like, wow, he's so honest. He he was so honest. He told me. Did you think that you at know, all? I actually didn't think that at the time. At the time, I really did like think, oh, man, like, is he a total player? You know, mm-hmm. that crossed my So it kind of your intuition. Yes. I did not your listen intuition, yeah. to. But, but I think as women, we almost, it's like, oh, should we listen to that? Like, oh, maybe it's not right. So but that's, I'm so glad that you can now look back and yes, see. Yes, yes. And I was so – back then I was so much more of the thing like, oh, I'm going to give him a second chance. Like I was all about second chances, mm-hmm. you know? And so – Aren't we all? <laughs> yes. So I just kind of want to make somebody who's maybe listening to this podcast right now who's in a relationship or seeing these red flags and thinking it's going to change or it's going to be different. I'm going to be the first to tell you – it's probably not going to change. It's not going to be different. I mean, he showed me a side of himself before we he even He actually talked. showed you who he really was, yes. right? Yes. And I I mean, I'm not going to argue with you about people changing because I feel like I've changed so much. Yeah. So I think it's possible, but they have to actually acknowledge they need to change. And he obviously never acknowledged he needed right? to change. Yes, yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So – um. Yeah, so we went ahead and got married. We had um, three additional babies. Life was amazing. Had a very successful business. We lived in beautiful Park City, Utah. Like, I was on top of the world. Life, honestly, could not be one second better. We just had lovely friends. We went on great vacations. I can't say enough about our marriage, how, how amazing and great it was. But then what started to happen was he had a really uh, close group of friends. And I knew this when I married him. He had really tight friends. And they would do like a weekly guys night out. Mm. 
And I supported that because I'm the type of girl that's like... And you're a good wife. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm like, go on a guy's night. Like, yeah. I, I support that. That's great. You know, you work hard all week long. Definitely go with your guy friends. Go to a movie. Go wherever you guys are going to go. And so it's what I think happened is they were kind of innocent outings. But then they started to be, you know, at the bar. And then it was just this slow decline. And I remember the first time um, my husband came home at like three in the morning. He was pretty drunk and he'd been at the bar. And when he came in, instead of me being upset, which I was like raging inside, because I think for hours I had just kind of been up, like pacing the floor thinking, where is he? Like, when is he going to come home? I'm so worried about him. And rather than confronting him, I was just so grateful when he came in the door to see him, like, oh, my gosh, he's safe. Like, he's alive, you know? Yeah, because you planned every worst-case scenario <laughs> Absolutely, out, right, right. He's he's safe. Yeah. And so I can see one major mistake that I made in my marriage was rather than confronting him that night, having a very serious conversation, putting a boundary down, and saying, I'm not okay with this behavior. You're not coming home at this time of night. You know, you have a wife and children at home. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be at home with them. You know, a guy's night is reasonable. Come home at 11, midnight, whatever. But 3 in the morning. Yeah, drunk. Yes. Less. <laughs> yes, drunk. That's that's not okay. So I can definitely see where I made mistakes by not having boundaries and allowing this type of behavior and being okay with it. And it just kind of gradually got worse as the years went on. You know, like at first it was like, no, I don't want the children to know I'm drinking. I'm not going to drink around them. And then it was like, oh, maybe a couple beers in the fridge. Oh, these are for uncle so-and-so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I might drink one if I need one. And the fact of the matter is, is, you know, I really wasn't having these conversations with, you know, my close girlfriends or people in my neighborhood because I'm very LDS. Like we went to church every Sunday and I held a ton of shame in the fact that my husband was starting to live a double life, you know, like he's going off with his guy friends here. But when he's home with me, he's the perfect husband. And, you know, we're showing up at church on Sunday. He's got his arm around me. I have callings in the church. He has callings in the church. And, you know, I guess in so many ways we were living a lie, you know, and I was supporting his lie because I was embarrassed and ashamed. and. You know, of course, I didn't want to tell my family this, you know. I I mean, I remember the first time he took off his garments and I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, I can't even, you know, I'm not saying a word to my parents because. What are they going to think? Yeah. My family's going to judge me. You're, it's like you focus so much on what the outward is going on that you Absolutely. forget to look inside. Like, how do I feel about this? Yeah. What is going on for me? Yeah, for yeah. sure. It makes sense. Like. And, of course, like, Amanda, like, I hope you know, like, you did the best you could. Yes. Right? Like, have compassion for yourself. Because you are not the only woman or man that has done (laughs) any of this. Like, have compassion. Like, of course, we're telling – Amanda's telling her story, but we can't judge any of it because you did the best that you knew how. You did what you thought was the right thing to do because you're protecting your kids. You're protecting your – you know, the people in your ward, your family, all that. For sure, for sure, for sure. So um, anyway, things kind of continued. But then the major breakdown of the marriage was, 
I mean, things were fantastic, okay? And I was always under the understanding, I thought that men cheated when they weren't getting enough sexually at home. Mm-hmm. That That's just what I thought. I, thought. I think a lot of people think that. Yeah, I just thought if your man isn't getting what he needs, then he goes elsewhere for it. That that's, that's what a cheater does. Like, always in my mind. I don't know where I picked up that thinking. I just think it's our society. And honestly, actually, most men don't cheat for sex. It doesn't start out as sex, which we're going to talk about in another episode. But... I think a lot of women think exactly like you do. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I thought. So I, I gotta be honest. Like our sex life was amazing. It was good. There wasn't a shortage. Okay, Um, so not a shortage. And um, I just, yeah, things were really, really good. And honestly, one night he came home. We'd just gone to like the high school football game, and I came to the bedroom and I realized it was pretty late at night about 11.30-ish or whatnot, and he wasn't in bed, and it was kind of weird, and I went and checked the garage. His truck was in the garage, and I'm like, where is he? So I called him on the cell phone, and I'm like, babe, you know, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm out taking a night walk, which was kind of odd. And I was like, can I join you? And so he said, absolutely. So I walked to the bottom of the driveway. I mean, we're literally walking hand in hand. We're holding each other's hands. But I can tell Because my intuition is telling me, like, something is off. Like, something is not right. Because, I don't know, I was just so close to him. I mean, we'd been married for 12 years. I just kind of knew his behaviors and his thought pattern. And I I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, I think couples, we kind of, like, map each other. We kind of know, like, if someone's sad, even though they don't say they're sad, we kind of start feeling that with each other. Yeah, something's for sure off. So as I'm walking with him, holding hand in hand, you know, we're just walking and I just said, hey, hun, like something's something's off, something's wrong. And he turned to me and he said, well, what do you think it is? And I'm not even kidding. I didn't, I swear to you, these words just like came to my mouth. I promise you it was like outer body experience, but it just came out of my mouth. And I said, I think you're cheating on me. And I, I really didn't think that, but it just came out. And then he turned to me and he goes, you're right. I'm having an affair. And I... It just felt like my whole world, I just, I felt like I just was like punched just like right in the gut and I just wanted to collapse. It was so much pain and those words were just so unreal to me. I mean, I remember even weeks after I couldn't even say the word affair. Like it was just, I couldn't even process it because I just could not even fathom things going so well in our marriage, with our children, with our business, like everything was so good. I couldn't even imagine that he um, had stepped out and found somebody else. And it was just crazy because he was so open with me. You know, we just instantly started talking about it. And he's like, oh, well, the good news is, you know, you don't know her. Oh, wow. That's sure <laughs> great that's news. That's some great news, hon. Um And so, you know, and he just was so open, you know, like I met her, you know. Which is very, which is unusual. I mean, I think it goes both ways, but most men don't want to be caught. Yeah, no. But he maybe was relieved, do you think? Yeah, I think in a way he was. Well, this is what I know now. I think, you know, all through our marriage, he was definitely cheating and having an affairs. But what this came to is I think he finally found a girl that he was willing to leave me for mm. because she is like super successful. You know, she's beautiful, <laughs> all the amazing things. And um, I think he was like, you know what? 
I I would leave for this. This this seems this is good. This is better than Amanda. So mm-hmm. I'm ready to jump ship. Those girls. But you know, those are all lies. Yeah, right? yeah. it's not even true. <laughs> she's she's the unicorn that does not really exist. Yes. <laughs> her horn will eventually fall off. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know. But um, so yeah, so he just kind of told me in detail how they met. You know, at Prime Steakhouse in Park City. I mean, he just was giving me details like. I'm his best friend. Like, I'm his wife. Like, (laughs) it just was just crazy when I think about it. And then um, the thing that hurt the most was I just said, you know, do you love her? And he said, yeah, I love her. And I'm like, how many, how long have you known her? I've known her for six weeks. He's known her for six weeks and he loves her. And we were married for 12 years. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. But then. He, you know, kind of put the blame on me. He said, well, Amanda, you know, something must have been wrong with our marriage or this never would have happened. Mm, That's interesting. So did you, at that point, did you think, I want to try to save our marriage? Or was he like, no, I'm out? You know what? No, absolutely. I, I definitely was just so madly in love with him and in love with the life that we had and our children and just keeping everything together that... I think secretly deep down inside, I really, really, really wanted to save it. I wanted to be with him. I didn't want to leave. But, you know, unfortunately, I think God has other plans for us. And so I got some different news. And I just knew without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, even just like a couple days later, I got a strong confirmation that he is never going to change. And mm-hmm. you need to get out. I needed to get out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I actually haven't heard your whole story. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. So I wanted to ask you some questions about that. And I just, I mean, I just want you to acknowledge that it's interesting, even though your conscious brain didn't know that he was having an affair, it's like your subconscious knew, which is how you like, you know, your intuition, your insides knew something was wrong. And for you to say are you having an affair? Yeah. Just so amazing and powerful. And right. the fact that he came clean and told you everything is also amazing too, yeah. right? You didn't have to like search and hunt and find it. So anyways, I'm I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. And I, no. I mean, it's how many years has it been? Okay. So since I've known, it'll be four years this September. So do you feel like telling your story is easier now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think with time, you just gain so much perspective and you learn like so much truth because I've even actually been able to hear a lot of his affair partners like mm-hmm. side of the story. Um, Just like even like the first night that she went home with him, like after meeting him at Prime Steakhouse, because he's the typical like wants to help girls out, wants to save them, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to give her a ride home. So, you know, the very first night he met her, he was like, oh, let me give you a ride home. And then he sleeps with her. Yeah. Did you know? she know he was married? Yes. And she was married as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. They, they were both married. Yeah. And did they both get divorced? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you a few questions. Okay. Um, I wanted to know, what is the greatest lesson that you've learned through this experience? Okay, the, and we wouldn't wish this experience on anyone, no. but unfortunately, it happens to a lot of women and men. But. For sure, for sure. I think the greatest lesson that I've learned is just realizing that I'm so much stronger than I thought I was. Because if I go back to my four-year-old self, you know, four years ago, 
And I see that girl that was so broken and so in so much pain. I look at myself now and I'm like, wow, I have come so far. And I just want to tell women, like, it's possible. Like, I know without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, like, if I can do this, you can do this. You know, I had five babies at the time, like five children, so much on my plate. And I just, I know it's possible. I know it's possible. I know like every woman is capable of this. And you just find a way and a power and a strength within you that is. Yeah. And you- I can totally see that in you. You are a total badass. Like, oh, you <laughs> seriously are amazing. And you're so, you've just are so like, you find ways to make things work. And yet you also have an amazing family. You're sweet. I do have an amazing family. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am beyond. But you really like, thankful. I've seen you now, like I've known you for two years, a year and a half or so, so, which says a lot about you. You're sweet. Thank you. So I would agree with that. Um, What do you wish you would have done differently? Like if you could go back in time. Okay. What I would wish I definitely would have done differently is set very firm boundaries and stuck with them Mm -hmm. and just put my foot down and I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't. But the thing is, you didn't know that. You didn't know. know. So I think in future relationships. Future relationships, I need to You know that ahead of time, right? Yes. You know that. So that's part of the learning and growing. You didn't know that when you were younger and had babies. You you thought you could trust them, right? Yes. Yes. You just counted on, I can trust them. I don't. I believed yes. what he said. So boundaries are big. Yes. Man. Yeah. And I think boundaries, you get a bad rap for boundaries, but they are so helpful and necessary in any type of relationship. They really are. And especially in marriage. What message would you want to share with other women going through betrayal? I would just tell them to keep going. And I promise you, like, you're going to have these dark days, but hold on just one more day. Tomorrow, I promise is going to be better if you can just hold on one more day. I love that. And how do you think your experience has changed you for the better? Um, I think it's changed me for the better for the fact that I'm just so much more independent. And I feel like I'm just allowing the small things in life to make me happy and realizing that the happiness really comes with inside me. Like mm-hmm. no relationship, no spouse, no anything is going to actually fulfill you or bring that joy. It's it really comes from inside of you and you can create yeah. it yourself. It's so true. And I think so many people, we get that wrong in our society that we think other people are going to make us happy. Yeah. If they're happy, we're happy. But it does come inside you. And one thing I love that you do, I don't know if you still do it, but you do Miracle Mondays. Yes, I was totally. And yeah. I love that. So tell us what Miracle Monday is. Okay. I was doing for a solid, I think a little over a year. Every Monday I was documenting um, my miracles that I would find in my daily life. I would just you know, look for the miracles. And it was funny because when you look for them, you they're find everywhere. They're everywhere and you find more. Um, I've kind of laid off a little bit, it's but okay. I should okay. start back up yeah. because I think it was putting a lot of good in the world. Yeah. And I think yeah. it probably helped you with your healing. For you sure. Think? Really, it did. Yeah. Because if, if we're focusing on what good is coming yeah. out of my day instead of, oh my gosh, all these bad things that have happened. For sure. We focus on the what miracles. What you focus the, on. Yeah. It really tomorrow. can help change. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Like, I I just think you're amazing. And I'm so grateful that we met and we're friends and that we can share our, you know, all of our hurt and our pain, but also all of our joy right. and our progress with each other. And hopefully those of you listening found this helpful. 
and um, we'd love your feedback. So please leave a review. And remember, I'll send you a Starbucks gift card if you do. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. It's been a blast. Thank you. you.